Thank you once again for that incredible introduction. I feel like I'm in family here every time I come to speak. So thank you for making me feel a very welcome and appreciated part of your family as well. Yes, my story. Today, um, I want to share a very personal story, which I'm not one to go on and on and on about, because one of the things that the energy of money speaks about quite rightly is that the more you hold on to that story, the more that you hold on to the vision of yourself as the victim and the vision of the other as the, the, bad, the bad or the one who has done things, this to you. And so I share this story with you with the intention that it may serve you on your personal journeys of healing and of forgiveness, and above all else, personal and self-forgiveness. Because as we are able to do that, as we are able to walk through that path towards self-forgiveness, we are expanding consciousness, not only in, within ourselves, but I believe in the world and in the universe as well. So. Let me take you back to the year 2000, 18 years ago. Um, I, had, I, was just, I was in the corporate world still. Imagine me in a jacket and you know glasses and very nicely made up, hair perfectly made up. I was a corporate person working at Microsoft. I had actually just decided to quit my job. And those of you who have been in the corporate world a little bit may know this idea of stock options and what those are. Basically, it's a way to pay your employees with stocks. And so long as the price of that company stock is doing very well, you're actually doing quite well financially yourself. Now, I found myself in the very fortunate position in, two, in the year 2000 when I decided to leave Microsoft of having wealth beyond what I ever could have imagined for myself. And I felt so deeply grateful to have this kind of money in my bank account, never imagining that this is something that I could make doing the job that I was doing. But it was all thanks to the way that Microsoft paid its employees. This was the heyday of stock options and stocks going up and all of that. And it was wonderful. Now, at the same time, my closest friend at the time and my colleague at work, um, who also had stock options, was building a new house. It was their dream house, and they were spending a lot of money doing very beautiful things to this home. And she was waiting for the stock price to actually go up so that she could take that money and then cash it in and pay her builder for all the fees, obviously, associated with building this magnificent home. But the stock price was not rising the way that she had anticipated. And so she found herself in a shortfall, needing to pay her creditors, basically the builders, and not having money to, do, to be able to do so. Now, those of you who were here last time heard me tell the story of how my, father's, my father influenced me deeply, that you take care of family. Family is someone that you look after. Now, she was more than just a call. She was, she was my best friend. I was the executor on her will. I was the godmother to her youngest daughter. I was part of her family. I was, I was her sister. We were sisters. And so... When my father ingrained in me this belief, this core belief that you look after your family, you look after those who need it without question, I didn't even think twice really about stepping in and offering to help. And so um, in my desire to quickly help and to alleviate what I saw was angst and suffering and this worry about they're going to lose the house and what are we going to do, we've sold the other house, I stepped in. And I said, I'm happy 
to offer the money. And we're not talking money that was in the four figures or the five figures. It was money in the six figures. Imagine that, okay? Now, because I looked at her as my sister, as family, you don't ask family to go see a lawyer, to go write out a contract, to formalize this understanding that I'm loaning you the money and that you're going to pay it back when I ask for it. I didn't even think of that. She's my sister. And so I never went to a lawyer. I never formalized this understanding that we have a loan and that it is something that is owed to me. Now, at the time, I didn't need the money because, well, I was divorced. I was, didn't have kids. I was free. I was about to go on my travels for two years. I wasn't thinking about it. I didn't also need the money. And I also felt very grateful and very blessed to have it to be able to help another person. And I'll never forget her husband. Literally, um, I was sitting on, I was at their place and he, he kneeled in front of me and I'll never forget this. And he was crying and he was saying to me, you know, on the grave of my parents, I swear to you that this is money I will pay you back because I don't know how, but I will do it. You have my word. And that just reinforced for me that it's cool. You know, when I need the money, they're going to pay it back. So I went on my travels. I did what, you know, I, my journeys, my, the walking for peace, all of that. Came back, got married, had a child, started a business. And so I, then I felt the need, you know what? I can start to use some of that money myself now. <laughs> I've been very generous outlets. I now need this generosity coming back at me so that I can finance all of the things that I was doing as well. And so I started, I sent her an email. I said, hey, you know, hope you're doing well. We always kept in touch, of course. Was, you know, I'd like to start asking payment back of that money, like maybe maybe like $1,000 a month, even $500 a month. That would be helpful. Um, and I started to get emails along the lines of, oh, you know, we're just, this is really tough financially for us. Both of our jobs are at risk. You know, he's lost his job. Um, we're not sure, you know, how we're going to manage. We have a lot of debts. And the emails were literally pages and pages of why she can't. And in the beginning, I fell into that. So, oh, okay, you know, poor, you know, she's got a family of three. And okay, maybe I should, but I shouldn't feel so bad. And and I would speak to my husband about it, and I'd speak to my best friend, because this isn't something I was sharing broadly here. This is, I spoke only with the people who were most close, and that was my best friend who knew her too, and Alberto. And they were saying, yeah, but, but you have your personal needs too. You have to look after your own self as well. And again, that comes back to this whole idea of you look after other people, you look after others, you put others before you rather than you first. And so I went to her again. And we kept going back and forth now. The emails kept, and every time she came back with the excuses, I was a little bit less convinced each time. Less convinced. And I thought, no, no, I just, this is my money. <laughs> I, I want it back. For me to take the step to go to a lawyer, to speak to a lawyer, was a huge step. Because it meant I was taking my family to a lawyer. And that felt, that didn't feel, that didn't sit right. But I knew that I had to do it because that was the only next avenue available to me. And so I found a lawyer, spoke with them, and they wrote a letter on my behalf asking that this money be returned because it was understood to be a loan. In fact, I had emails from her 
with the clear understanding that she saw this as a loan that will need to be paid back. And the email or the letter that I got, we got back from her lawyer stated that she believed the money was a gift. And that because she thought that I was well off financially, she just said that it understood it to be a gift, and so she felt no obligation to pay it back. Now, sitting in my lawyer's office and reading that email, I just felt my, I, my whole being collapsed. Everything in me felt, first of all, betrayed. The betrayal was beyond words. First was betrayal, then shock. It's like, she did not say that. She did not say that to me. The person who stepped in, who was like her sister to help, she did not say that to me. And I had the letter in front of me, and I was reading it over and again, and it was true. It's, she said that it was a gift. Now, my lawyer said, okay, you can mount the case, you can go to court, you can do all these things. But quite frankly, by the time you add up all of the fees to do all of that, and you compare that to what you could potentially get from being a creditor, like you're basically, because this is unsecured, you're the last person on the list. You know, after she has to pay her mortgage, after she pays a credit card, you're the last person that may get something if she declares bankruptcy, because that's the other choice. You can force, you can move it towards that in a way forcing them into bankruptcy. And I thought, do I want that weight on me as well? Do I want to carry that? And I decided, no, I don't want, I don't want that burden. And the fees just didn't, seem, just didn't seem right. And so I decided that I would let it go, okay? That I would just stop at this point and begin the work of truly understanding what the heck just happened and how did this happen to me? when I thought I had done all the right things. Because after, you know, the betrayal comes the anger. Then comes the anger, the indignation, the how is this possible? And then comes the pain, the pain. All the stuff that you direct outwards at them, now is turned on yourself. It's like, how can I be so stupid? How can I be so naive? How can I be so trusting? How can I be so blind? I'm supposed to have an MBA. I should know these things better. I should know business process. I worked in the corporate world, for God's sake. I know how to do these things. How could I be so stupid? And so it was the journey then, the, tr the true journey of understanding what was happening truly began. Because, you know, obviously, I had to examine what was happening, why it was happening, and what I could do to move forward from all of this. And I understood very quickly because of, I understood, first of all, that she was playing a role. You know, after I calmed down enough and I did the anger and the tears and all of that, there was a part of me that was still, uh, that understood this was a play that was happening. There was, she was playing a role, I'm playing a role, and in all of this there is a divine hand, and my role was to understand what the spiritual learning was for me. Now, intellectually, I understood that this is what was happening, that she was playing this role, and that I also needed to examine very deeply what it meant to help someone, because I was always the one to step in, right? 
you step in, you fix, you help. And I truly had to examine what it meant to help somebody and to serve someone on their spiritual journey. Because I thought that just meant giving them what they need and alleviating their suffering, not understanding that the struggle and the questing that they have to go through is important. Because had I not stepped in, perhaps they would have made decisions that were quite difficult to make about the way they were living, about their lifestyle, about so many things. But I disempowered them by stepping in right away and fixing it for them. Okay? I understood that right away. And intellectually, I understood that this was part of a process I needed to go through. But in my heart, my emotions, I was devastated. How do you move forward when intellectually you understand something, but the rest of you, every aspect of you, is going, this is not fair. This is not fair. Now, um, the book does a wonderful chapter on forgiveness. And I encourage you to read it. But I'll tell you that I could not have read that chapter, especially the, the section where she talks about this wonderful visualization that she has. There's no way that I think I could have done that had I not done the earlier work of truly tapping into the pain and going into my heart and into the emotions to try and calm those first. I don't believe visual, visualizations and affirmations can work when your heart is in pain, when you're in angst, when your emotions are turbulent. And the way that I chose to actually tap into those emotions and make peace with them is through Ho'oponopono, which is one of my favorite um, techniques to bring about self-healing. And the first word that you have to say to yourself, I love you. Now, those were probably the hardest three words I could say to myself at that point to look within me and say, Moni, as you are, exactly as you are, I love you. And I love you. And I still get choked up even thinking about that moment because it is such, it's so, they're such simple words, but they're just such deeply moving words to say to yourself, Despite all that has occurred, and despite your implication in this and what you have done, I love you. Moni, I love you. I love you, and I love. And I kept saying those words to myself. I couldn't move beyond those words because there's other, you know, other words to it, other phrases. But it had to begin with "I love you." And with every time I said those words, and the tears were flowing, and I kept breathing and breathing into those parts of me that I felt were cracked. I kept breathing those words. I kept breathing that light, that love into every part of me that I thought was shattered and filling that with light and with love because I understood that was the foundation. If I could not love this person that has me, essentially, that has created this situation, I couldn't move forward. If I couldn't forgive me for all the things that I had done and the wrong thinking, wrong, incomplete thinking that I was raised with, then I couldn't move forward. And it took a long time. This wasn't something that I, you know, that you do from one day to the next. This is something that took months and months of continually I love you, sitting in meditation, doing yoga, going for walks, 
just saying, I love you. And my, there was this voice in my head going, yeah, but she's the one that still did it to you. <laughs> so you're continually battling this little monkey mind that's wanting to take you back and say, well, you're the victim here. And you have every right to be angry. And she's la, 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 and do all the things that she did to you. But the true journey, the true spiritual journey, the soul journey, and the reason that this whole drama was co-created was so that I could also step through an understanding what it truly means to help and to serve, to master that lesson. And I realized I have a lot of old patterns there that I hadn't even realized that were making me act in a certain way. Parents who have children know this. Hi. <laughs> Love does not mean you say yes at every turn. Love means knowing that there are moments for their good so that they learn to flex those decision-making muscles so that they learn to choose. We must say no. We cannot always be stepping in to fix it, to help. To They need to be able to step up on their own with our support, but to make, take those steps and make that journey and make those, cho those choices on their own. That was a huge lesson for me. I understood um, that I lead from the heart. And I often kind of let, even though I'm, I consider myself a pretty intelligent person, um, I lead from the heart. I lead from, let me step in and let me, let me do this, let me fix, let me help. But the heart needs to be balanced with the mind. The two are not separate. The two must work together. Reason and love, logic with will, all of it has to work together. The two are one. And I was too quick to just step in and help rather than just step back for a moment and say, what is this really doing? And in fact, that has been one of the greatest teachings for me from this experience. Now, whenever somebody asks me for help, and I'm not just talking financial help, any kind of help, I will now pause and I will say, from what consciousness am I stepping in to help or to fix or to serve? What is my consciousness here? Am I thinking of this person or this situation as being they're, they're helpless, oh, the poor things, they can't do anything themselves? Am I truly empowering them when I offer my help or am I disempowering them? Am I doing it to consider myself what a good human being I am, what a generous soul I am? Am I doing it for that, which seems like a noble thing, but truly, it's perhaps not as noble as it appears on the surface. Am I doing it for that, for me, or am I doing it truly to serve their highest self? Am I working from my highest mind, from my highest consciousness when I make these decisions? Do I feel to the best of my abilities that this is going to serve their journeys as much as it's going to serve mine? Those are very hard questions to answer because it's very easy just to write the check or give the money or that's super easy to do. But now I, for anything that comes my way, I step back and I reflect on from what consciousness am I serving or am I offering this from one that says they absolutely can't do it for themselves or from one that says they are whole and complete as they are and they are choosing to come to me in this moment because in this moment of connection, there is an equal 
amount of service that needs to happen. What they are serving, what they are giving, and what I am receiving, there is, it is both. It is reciprocal. It's not that they need it because poor them, they need it. That's very hard to accept, okay? Because as I say, the inclination is let's just step in, write the check, and fix everything. No, done. Okay? That's been my experience. When the book says, the, the, book, the, book, the book is titled The Energy of Money, it is the energy of money, but I would say what I've learned is that money is energy. And money is a very powerful energy. And it's an energy that demands respect, and it's an energy that demands wisdom in order to be able to wield it. I've also learned, and this came in a, in a meditation, that money is love. Money is love that has come disguised in this form that is so laden with our prejudices and our ideas and our concepts. Because nothing is separate from love. Nothing is separate from love, including money. Money is love, and love is also money. It appears in this form, and it too is powerful. And learning how to wield that powerful love, learning how to wield that powerful energy of money with wisdom, with wisdom, that is a practice all on its own. And that is something that I have felt I have needed to really examine and to continue to explore on my personal journey of what it means to wield power. Because power for women, oftentimes, is something that we want to shy away from. But power is something that we must learn how to wield, but wielding it and to use it with love and with wisdom becomes a tool that we can use in service to the world. And the final thing that I will, um, I will share with you in terms of what this, has, um, what this experience has um, evoked in me is that my journey of healing, my journey of transforming all of these energies, my personal journey of making peace with all of this, um, has led me to feel that what I am healing within me, I am healing in the universe. What I am transforming within me, I am transforming, I am lifting that energy that has opened up is in me is energy that I am now bringing into the world. It is more positive energy that I've added. A lot of times we think our personal journeys are just for us that the energies we unlock, the energies we liberate, are just making us feel good. And it's true, they do make us feel good. But the energies that we unlock within ourselves, the positive love that we offer ourselves, is something that is not only expanding us, it is expanding the universe. It is expanding love, it is expanding consciousness everywhere we go. So not only is it important for you, it is important in your journey as a spiritual being to also offer this love and this consciousness to a world that also needs it as well. So this is what I have learned from this experience. It's not something that, as I mentioned, I don't share this story broadly and I, because it's easy to fall back into this, oh, you see what she did to me and I'm the victim. And 
I use it as this is really the first time I've ever spoken about this. And when I mentioned it to Roxanne, I was hesitant. I was hesitant to, to share it. Um, but I've come to understand that part of this story, the intention of it, is not to the drama of it. It's more the what have I learned and how have I moved forward in forgiveness. I will tell you, I can tell you from my heart, I forgive because I have forgiven myself and I understand that she came and this whole drama was created so that I may grow and transform these energies that were locked in. Did I mention that at the same time I was going through this? I didn't. Interesting coincidence. That at the same time I was going through this, my father was going through something like this with some of his own family members. At the same time, it all kind of exploded and unlocked at the same time. It's like, wow. And that was another reason where I felt, okay, this healing work that I'm doing is not just for me. I'm doing this healing work, this work of transformation, because obviously in my family, there is something around this whole idea of what it means to help. And, and so I'm doing it for me. I know I'm doing it for my father. And I know that this is expanding out into the universe to add this positive idea of what it means to truly help and serve another. So I wish my, well, my friend well. When I did that exercise of visualization and having her sit in front of me and having her and saying, I forgive you unconditionally, I forgive you and I release you unequivocally, whatever the words are that she uses, I could say those words with a knowing and a calm that maybe a year ago would not have been there. And for me to be able to do that and say with truthfully from my heart, I do wish her well. I wish her and her husband and her family well. And to finally be able to say the final words of Ho'oponopono, which is, thank you. Thank you for this experience. Thank you for the wisdom that this has evoked in me. Thank you for what I have been able to learn about me and especially about this magnificent energy called love, disguised as money, <laughs> was able to teach me. So I hope that this has served you in your personal journeys as well. I thank you for taking the time to come out today and to listen to my story. Thank you. <laughs>